Welcome to episode 17 of the Tears Beneath podcast. Tonight you have myself, Craig, Terrace Trails, and also Ryan. How, how are you doing tonight, Ryan? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, cold, cold, but getting there, mate. <laughs> yep, getting to that time of year, the heat, the heating's on. Or, yeah, the heating's on, or I'm trying my best not to put the heating on. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the football, uh, we're at a few games uh, last week. Um, I went to three non-league games, which I'll just quickly talk through. Uh, first of all, uh, I went to the Easter Scotland Qualifying Cup, Um Went back to Preston Field for a weekday fixture, uh, Lithgow Rose versus Bonus Athletic. Uh, I'd said on my ex that um, it was a game which I felt Lithgow Rose couldn't take Bonus Athletic lightly. Um, a game where um, certainly uh, both teams are capable of scoring goals and Bonus Athletic have been on a really good run, uh, run of form in the league and just putting teams away. And uh, guess what? They done they done the exact same thing again. Uh, it was like watching. Uh, I'm trying to explain. It was uh, it was like watch. It was like watching a team that had like four or five extra players because it felt like like Lefko Rose right. They're trying to defend against them and bonus athletic. They just hunt in packs. Like once they they get the ball, they just run it and they just rush the box and it's as I say it's frightening uh, how fast they get up the pitch and how clinical they are when they get the ball um, Bonus Athletic managed to put five goals past the left goal rows uh, and they had the game pretty much put to bed in about about half an hour they just completely uh, ripped them apart um, so you know great to see uh, a team you know from a few tiers below go up and play a team like Lefko Rose and bring their A-game. But as I say, I, I don't really look at Bonus Athletic as a team from the East of Scotland second division. I think they're more than capable of going up the divisions and they will do that. They'll they'll win the league. And, you know, a 5-1 win against a, a Rose side uh, will certainly give them confidence. Um, it wasn't a full strength on Lefko Rose side, as a few people have pointed out to me, but... You know they they've got a few players that have got long term injuries, but that's you know these that's football. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, they've put out the best team they had available, and Bonus Athletic just looked a bit more up for it, to be honest. So I um like out of interest that when I seen that result, I had a look at the Linlithgow lineup to see what it was had they rested any players and stuff. And I like you said, it wasn't completely full strength. It was still a good side. Yeah. Um. It was still a side that you would that should be capable of beating like an East of Scotland uh, second division team. Obviously, Bonus obviously are a wee bit an exception. It's not the first time that they've got a big result against teams tiers above them, but it was still a strong and lift go team. And then you've also got the argument as well that albeit there's a few fringe players in there, like they're fighting for a position in the starting lineup. We'd like to think that those and lift go players probably went into that. Obviously, not taking it lightly for one because they know how good Bonus are, but. Also trying their hardest to actually impress the manager and getting a try and force herself into the the first team. So a brilliant result for Bonnes, and it's not as if it was it's not as if Longlifco have put it like they're under twenties or something. It's still a strong side. Oh yeah, definitely. That you know, full credit to Bonnes Athletic, and much like last season, we're seeing the same names pop up on the you know the goal scorers as well. Uh, you know, uh, Robertson got two, Weir got two. 
Uh, Sneddon scored as well, so they they are they they've got players there that can score a lot of goals, and you see the same names pop up every other week. So, um, yeah, they're on a a, a terrific run at the moment. Um, the game after that, I went to Fourth Bank. Um, it was a a fairly uh, last minute uh, de- uh, decision to go through there. I went through with uh, Nori Work, who's one of our good friends and a great YouTuber. And yeah, we went through to uh, University of Stirling versus Civil Service Rowers, a game between two sides. I always enjoy watching play. They're, they're, they're you know they're, they play good football. Um, Strowers won the game two 0 Goals from um, Findlay and also Clark uh, as well. So they done very well. Um, it was again not a, a full strength University Stirling side. Not because of injuries, but because of the Bucks League. Um, anyone who knows how it works with like university football, the you know Edinburgh Uni and uh, University Stirling are involved in the Uni League as well, which is a big deal, especially for University Stirling who won it a few years on the bounce, and they they, they do take it seriously. So they'd sent down a lot of their their top boys, you know, like Cammy McKinley and Co. They all went down. Uh, so they were in the stand, but they weren't playing because they'd been, you know, travelling all the way down and playing and then coming all the way back up. But one thing I would say, right, uh, you know, for what was, you know, pretty much the 20s they put out, University of Stirling's 20s are no joke. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> a really good side. And, uh, you know, I recall seeing their, their 20s, uh, I've seen them once against Spartans 20s last season and they're unbelievable. So these... Although it's not full strength in terms of the most kind of senior players in the squad, there is no, there are no bad players in that squad. Like these young guys are brilliant, and as I say, they gave uh, they gave Strowers a, a a a pretty decent test. Like, but Strowers just you know they edged it a bit experience, and uh, Strowers just had the kind of killer uh, killer instinct in the box as well. So you know another win to keep the you know, decent run of form going for the Strowers who are picking up points on the road and they're picking up points at home as well, as we'll, we'll talk about later on. So, um, yeah, another great result for them. Uh, another game I went to uh, was on Saturday. Um, I said last week I was going to do Recife Whitburn. I had a slight change of heart because I thought, quite liked uh, when I went to Recreation Park for Burnt Island uh, like a month or so ago, and uh, I was worried that if I don't go when I get the chance, games will start getting called off, and I might not go because be able to go because it's a grass pitch and it, it, you know it could get fr- you know frosty and whatnot. So I thought, right, I'll just go for it. So I went to Burnt Island Shipyard versus Bonus Athletic, uh, going for another serving of <laughs> Bonus Athletic after the goals fest they gave me during the week. <laughs> uh, another decent game. Uh, to be honest, uh, you know, I thought, again, more of the same from Bonus uh, Athletic. They won the game 3 0. Uh, Ogilvy, Weir, and McDonald all getting on the score sheet. Um, but, you know, Burnt Island Shipyard were not bad and they certainly had a go at them. But like most teams in that league, they could not lay a glove on them. Honestly, it's it wasn't that they were doing anything wrong. It's just like when you watch Bonus Athletic, they are so organised. It's ridiculous, like, like how good the defense is. There's very little openings. Uh, goalkeeper solid. They're very quick on the break. So 
you know, Burnt Island, Shipyard, they didn't get by any means hammered. They gave them a good game of it, but they just couldn't match the 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 quality from Bonus Athletic, and that's just unfortunately something we're gonna we're gonna be seeing quite a lot of season because they're they're gonna win that league, uh, you know, pretty easily. And to be honest, I think when they go up next season, we could be having the same discussions. I've got a feeling they're gonna yep. give a lot of teams problems in the first division. Um, so what um what about yourself, Ryan? What games were you at? I went along to Meadowbank on Saturday to go and watch Leaf against Arniston. Mentioned on last week's podcast, I was undecided for my Saturday game, so I had quite a few options. There's quite a few local options as well in terms of like Midlovian teams nearby, close to myself. So uh, East House says Lily were at home, Dalkeith were at home. I opted for Leaf against Arniston. Good game, to be fair. It's quite funny, though, because I, I went in, you know, when you go to Meadowbank yourself, like you go in through the sort of turnstile at the right opposite McDonald's, and I went in and paid the guy, and then I... I walked all the way around into the leisure centre to go and get a coffee. So I've come out of the leisure centre a bit with my coffee and a committee guy is like saw me and he's went, are you here to watch the Leaf game? I was like, aye. He was like, well, you can't just walk in. You need to go through the turnstile and pay. I was like, I, was like, I, 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 I have already paid, genuinely already paid. They must have thought I was at it. But then luckily the other committee guy that uh, I paid to come in was like, oh no, he's sound, he's already paid. And then to be fair, the guy apologised and had a, a good chat with, with the pair of them. Um, and they were, they were brand new. So, uh, again, just made to feel welcome there by the Leaf committee guys. So they were really sound. And obviously, I caught up with uh, the guys at Arniston and I've got to know quite well as well. So, I uh, had a good chat with both sets of committee members. But uh, in terms of the game itself, uh, Arniston got off to a really good start. They, they uh, went 1 0 up after about 12 minutes, I think it was. Fullback Leon Bell played a really, really good pass. Excellent uh, pass down the, the left hand side to. To Tom Davies, and for anyone that's watched Arniston or for anyone that's listened to me um, go on about them on this podcast, generally when Tom Davies gets the ball, something will happen, especially if he links up with Aaron Laidlaw, and he did on this occasion, and uh, the two of them linked up well, and, and Laidlaw finished as he does. Obviously, had a bit of spell out injured, but he's come back and he's banging the goals in again, so it's massive for Arniston. So, uh, as I said, 1 0 up after about 12 minutes, quickly 2 0, just a couple of minutes after that, they were 2 0 up. Robin Eve in the middle of the park played a really good pass through to Ewan Graham. Again, really good goal, 2 0. And that was after about 14, 15 minutes. So, Arniston, to be honest, looked like they were just going to go on and, and run away with it. Uh, they started the game really well. They were playing re- really good football, as they do. But to be fair to Leaf, they were, getting a, they were growing a bit frustrated with some of the referees' decisions. Um, they were getting a bit riled up. I heard at one point one of the Arniston players shouting, um, like, we're in their heads. Like they're, they're losing the plot a bit here. So I think they were hoping to take advantage of that. But to be fair, Leaf uh, got one back. Really with a sort of first real chance of the game. It was a corner from sorry, Swanson and it was a proper training ground move. He's looked like he was going to whip it in, but he's just sort of skimmed it across the turf. Um, just onto the edge of the box and Kane Patterson hit it first time and he sort of looped it over. Uh, a crowd of bodies and it's just looped into the into the net. So Leaf got one back to make it two one. That was after maybe about half an hour, just shy of half an hour, and that seemed to give them a wee bit of confidence. To be honest, they grew into the game a bit more. As I said, for the first sort of fifteen twenty minutes, Arnest and just totally controlled it. It looked like they were going to run away with it. But after Leaf got that goal back, it was kind of tables were turned a wee bit, and Leaf Leaf were probably better side for the sort of second part of the first half. Um, there was no further scoring though, and it was two one to Arniston at half time. Manager Phil Alexander was too happy. He walked past me 
as he was going off. And some somebody said to him, "Go and get the get the hair dryer out, Phil." And he was like, "I don't know what I will be." So I don't think he was too happy that obviously the side started the game really well, but kind of gave Leaf a, a route back into it. Uh, second half, to be honest, there wasn't too much in the second half. It was pretty even. Neither goalkeeper really had too many saves to make. I think maybe maybe one each. Jamie Smith and the Leaf goal made a, a decent save. Um, at one point, I remember Mark Anderson and the Aniston goal. Um, I think, he, I think he had to make maybe again maybe one one decent save. Um, so there wasn't a lot of goal mouth action. It was pretty, pretty cagey. Both sort of defences were were on form. Both teams sort of cancelling each other out. I thought uh, big Stevie Woods at centre half for Arniston was fantastic. Just winning everything in there and repelling everything that Leaf chucked at them. But Leaf were going for the equaliser as the game sort of went on. They were getting a few set pieces and stuff, um, looking for the equaliser. But Arniston killed the game. Uh, well, last minute. Goal from Ian Galloway. Uh, it was a cross ball put into the the box uh, by Jordan Daly and Ian Galloway centre mid and headed it in. So that was like virtually the last kick of the game. So that sealed the, the points for Arniston. Big big three points on the road for them. As I said, going by the first sort of fifteen twenty minutes, it looked like it was going to be a really comfortable victory for them. But to be fair, they leave they made them work hard for the points. Um, I probably say that Arniston just a bit deserved. They win quite an even second half, and just on the balance of play, maybe just edged it. Um, but uh, Ian Galloway got the third, and to be honest, I was saying to a couple of the guys there, I thought he was excellent. He was probably my man of the match, and and Aniston, uh, on their Twitter page, they, they did give him man of the match. So everybody that I kind of spoke to said he was excellent, so deserved man of the match for him. I've mentioned before, really good player. He was at Grange last season in their under-20 side. And I was really surprised that they let him go. Obviously, Paul Mulligan, who's now the netting manager, was the netting 20s manager last season. Um, and Ian Galloway was one of the sort of standout players on that side. So I thought he would have um, been given a, a run in the netting first team. But he signed for Arniston and they're uh, reaping the, the benefits they have on him. Arniston were also without a couple of their, their key players. Uh, John McManus, centre-half, and their captain, um, Ryan Moore. So a couple of big players missing for them. So even more impressive getting the three points. Uh, takes Arniston up to 10th in the table, so they're sitting 10th, but to be honest, they're sitting 10th, which, looking at the table, considering they've just been promoted, I mean, it's 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 decent, um, but they've only played 10 games, whereas like Preston, who are a point above them, has have played uh, 13, so Arniston have got games in hand on most teams above them. Uh, for example, it's on Newton Green Star, who are sitting 4th on 27 points, Um which is also the points tally that the top three Whitburn came on St Andrews are sitting on. They've played five more games than Arniston. So Arniston have got a lot of games to, to play and if they can get more positive results and get more points on the board, then it could really fire them, propel them up the table. Obviously, probably a big ask uh, to to get into those sort of promotion places against the likes of Whitburn, came on St Andrews. But... As I said, Newton Grange are sitting on 27 points and I watched Arniston play Newton Grange in the derby a few weeks ago and Arniston obviously beat them. So, yeah, they've, they've got to be happy with that. And although, as I said, they're sitting in 10th, they've got a lot of games in hand. So if they can get points on the board from them, then um, it will stand them in good stead. <clears throat> yeah, as you say, those games in hand will be crucial as long as they can pick up points. Yep. And they'll go up that table pretty quickly. Um, moving on to the low-end league, uh, we had a full card, uh, a few standout results. Uh, what stood out to you, Ryan? Um, standout, I think, again, I think we mentioned on last week's podcast in terms of, sort of the upcoming games that stood out. Uh, the first one was probably Bonus against Cowdenbeef. 
Bonesh United, sorry, against Cowdenbeef. Uh, two really good sides. Um, two two good sides that play fo- good football. Um, Bonesh winning that one 4-2. Uh, sounded like from from what I was reading on, on X and the highlights that I watched, sounded like the first half was, was quite an even game. Uh, it was 1-1 at half time. Uh, but I think Bonesh have went up a, a gear or two in the second half and obviously ended up winning at 4-2. Um, Ryan Porteous getting a couple of headed goals for, for Bonesh. Again, another player that I've spoke about, signed from the Green Star in the summer. Top player. Um, banging in the goals for them at the moment, so he's doing really well. Um, Cowdenbeef did get one back quite late on, but Bonesh have then taken the game to Cowdenbeef and the, the fourth goal from Keir Foster is worth a watch. Uh, Bonesh have posted like the VO footage of their, their goals and the, the fourth goal from Keir Foster Nice solo goal, just picks up the ball on the left-hand side, uh, beats his man, drifts inside, and then just unleashes a strike into the into the net. So really good win for Bonesh there um, against Cowdenbeef, and again just just sort of keeping Bonesh up there with the with the the, the pack at the top of the Lowland League. Um, obviously, Bonesh United went on that big long run sort of near the start of the season when they were unbeaten, um, and then they kind of faltered a wee bit, but they're still sitting in fifth at the moment. Um, only two points behind Trenent. Trenent, obviously, a team that we spoke about as being one of the title favourites. So, really good win for Bonesh, going really well. Um, Cowden Beef just sort of dropped a wee bit down the table, but um, I think we've we've spoken before. Like Cowden Beef fans, probably just need to be patient with with what Callum Elliott is doing there. Um, he's obviously just come in in the summer. He's put a pretty much a brand new squad together. Seven draws out of their 16 games, so they're probably just drawn too many games. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, like you'd rather be drawing those games and losing them. Obviously, like, some staff, you'd obviously rather win them than draw them, but at least like, they are getting points on the board and if they can just find... I don't know if... You, I, you've you've seen Cowden Beef more than me and I, I just I find personally, maybe if they, if they can find a, a sort of striker... Um, that put the ball in the net and could maybe be just be the difference maker turning these draws into wins. Um, then that could be the difference that starts propelling them up the table. But I, I think the Cowden B fans, and I think they will be to be fair, just need to be a wee bit patient with with what Callum Elliott's doing there. He's a he's got a proven track record of being a really good manager. So I, I think that this season's maybe just a, a sort of building putting the foundations in, and and if they can then. Sorry, add to the squad that he's already built and, and kick on then next season I think will be successful for them yeah I think I've, as I say I've seen uh, you know Cowden Beef quite a few times this season and from speaking to the Cowden Beef fans they're fully aware that this isn't a, a one year project this is probably going to take two or three seasons to really see where Callum Elliott can take them and yeah. I, the key thing is as you pointed out there uh, the fans need to be patient Uh this isn't the season that Cowden Beef are going to be top four anywhere close to that. Um, the season, sorry, the the squad was assembled in a matter of weeks, and they had to, you know, scrape the barrel to get players in because, and they've done very well with the players they have, and they have brought in a lot of quality players as well. But as you pointed out, they desperately need a proper, like, goal hungry striker. You know, like an Errol Douglas or someone. They they need someone that can go in and bang the goals in up front because uh, they are drawing too many games. They're dropping a lot of points. And, uh, yeah, it's just something that I'm sure, you know, Callum Elliott being a 
former striker himself, you'll be more than aware of where their their weaknesses are. But I think you know when we talk about Cowden Beef next season, it'll be a pro a better reflection of what he's trying to do because he'll he'll have brought in some extra players who can really take them to where they need to go. But I do think they've got the the foundations are a really good squad. The the, the key thing yep. is they don't lose a lot of games, and that's, that's half a, the battle, isn't it? Yeah, you know. Aye. aye, I think I think Calamel it certainly seemed to. Obviously, they they suffered a loss at the weekend there, but that aside, I think Calamel it seems to have made them quite organised and hard to beat. And yeah, if they can just add a few more goals to to that side, just another sort of standout. And it was a stat that's absolutely mental, and it's not to be fair. It's not just. Um, not just relating to the Lowland League, but just their season in general. But East Kilbride, we obviously spoke about how they suffered that heavy defeat to, to Trinent in the Scottish Cup. Uh, they bounced back with a win against Cali Braves in the league. Uh, and then another tough game on Saturday against Cumbernauld Colts, who are going great guns this season as well. But again, another win for East Kilbride. Two penalties from Liam Brown. They'll not care how the goals go in. It's just, again, it's another three points to keep up their unbeaten run. Uh, in the league, but the start that I wanted to mention was the second penalty, the second goal on Saturday was their 80th goal of the season, when we've not even hit Christmas yet, we've not even hit December yet and they've scored 80 goals this season in all comps, which just shows the firepower that they've got on that side um, which is incredible but uh, it seems like they've put that Scottish Cup defeat behind them um, and they're getting back on track and to be honest, again looking at the Lone League table, I know it's early days but just I can't see anybody troubling them, to be honest. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I can't see anyone putting a dent in them for a, for a while, that's for sure. I've heard, I mean, I don't want to speak negatively, you know, what people are saying, but there's been a lot of people that have been saying online that, like, East Kilbride have bought the league and stuff, and I just don't understand that. If you look at the players they've brought in, right, they brought in guys from the, the west of Scotland, east of Scotland, but... It's not like they've brought in like uh, you know all the guys that like. It's uh, not like they've got McFadden playing up front and stuff. It's, <laughs> it's just, I, I I just think uh, it's it's a strange kind of statement, and and I and I get it. Some of the clubs are probably think you know East Kilbride have always been a good side in this league, by the way, and they've they've yep. got a good record in this league. But last season they kind of fell away a bit. Um, but I think I think it's quite harsh to take away from what. Mick Kennedy's actually done there with those with that squad, and it's and it's not just that they're they're pumping lots of money into the place. I, I don't think it's that at all. I just think they're. I mean, the other thing is right. Although they're unbeaten in the league, as Chenent showed in the Scottish Cup, they're not invincible. Exactly. You know, <laughs> it's not like <laughs> they signed the players. They built a team that literally no one can, uh, no one can 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 uh, beat. And it's like, nah, Chenent proved that. You, if you're on top of your game and they're not, they they are there for the taking. So, yep, exactly. you know, I think East Kilbride are, you know, they, they look like they're going to win the low end league. And, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say they're going to stroll it in the playoffs if they do. But I think, you know, if they can keep up this form, um, I don't think anyone's going to get close to them, to be honest. Yeah, no, nah, totally. Uh, I'm going to, I'm, I say that I'd be very, very surprised if he's Kilbride are not in League Two next season. Yeah, yeah. Um, just the way they're going, the players that they've got, the squad that they've got, the firepower that they've got, like eighty goals already this season. And I, I just I think they're probably a better side than you. You're probably looking at maybe 
two or three, maybe three, three teams similar to win in the Highland League. Um, and then from a League Two perspective, at the moment you're probably looking at somebody like Elgin or Clyde. I just think East Kilbride are better than than these teams. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just a couple of quick comments from me. I, I kind of briefly mentioned at the start of the show that Strollers are on a really good run at the moment. Yep. And they kept that run going. A 1-0 home win against Berwick Rangers, which takes them up to sixth in the league. Strollers are doing a phenomenal job. Uh, they've done amazing. As I say, the keeper injuries. And, and I, I don't know if I said that I got to see the new goalkeeper uh, against uh, Sterling Uni. Uh, and he's, he's, on, he's signed. I'm not sure if it's on loan or he's signed straight through, but from Scoutable United, you know, the club. Yep. Uh- and wow, he is terrific, honestly. Um, just a fantastic uh, young player, good kicking. He uh, he bosses his box. He shouts at the players. He looked he looked a safe pair of hands, and you know that's like I don't know. I said like their fifth goalkeeper this season, but another good one. Do you know what I mean? They've not I had a not. bad goalkeeper this season. Exactly. Um, it's, tes- it's testament to the job that uh, Gary Jordan's done, and he's consistently done over the years at Strollers. Eh? Like. They've obviously lost one or two big players in the summer as well. Obviously, Bigaloo uh, went to Bonnyrigg. was a massive player for them, no pun intended. But um, they've signed, uh, was it the boy Chris Amponza? I think he came for Scout of United right. as well. Yeah, um, So he right. looks like another, another decent striker. As you said, they've had their goalkeeping issues, but they're still picking up results. And like that Berwick result, Berwick's result, Berwick's problems have been well documented but we've mentioned before that despite that they're still doing they're still doing relatively all right and teams are still finding it hard to beat them so um yeah to get that win there brilliant result for the strollers and they're going great guns great to see totally it was Zalewski he was a keeper yep. so definitely keep an eye on him uh that's the second game for the strollers so and also you know credit to scoutable united they're they're really good at not just uh making players available but developing players so that they can get picked up by these clubs. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, fantastic uh, resources to have available to be able to tap into. So absolutely brilliant. Um, one, of the, one, one of the, just really quickly, one of the players that they've signed um, recently and I think he scored uh, in the game that you went to see at Stirling Uni was the boy Tom Finlay. That's right, um, yep. He was actually on trial at Bonnerig during the summer. So oh, I got right. to see got to see a, see a wee bit of him just like in training and then he played he came on when Rose played Pollock in pre season and I was really impressed with him. He looks like a really good young player. I think to be honest, like um I think Robbie Horn was really impressed with him as well, to be honest, but it was just a case of like sort of where where would they fit into the team. It was maybe yeah. just, just a kinda like Right place at the wrong time for him when he was kind of on trial at Bonnyrigg. Um So obviously he didn't get a contract, but Strollers have picked him up, and I think he'll be a really, really good signing for for Strollers. Um, from what I seen him, he's he's quite quite small, but he's really quick, um, good with the ball at his feet, and he's obviously popped up with a goal there against Stirling Uni. So I think he'll be a good signing for for Strollers. Yeah, he's been really good. Um, he scored a screamer against. Uh... Uh, University of Style and his first goal uh, was an absolute screamer in that game uh, also uh, Liam Parker who is at the Strollers on loan, on loan from St Johnston he will definitely be a player that's going to go up the levels 
I can guarantee you that. Um, I've seen him play a few times now, and he's he's an absolute mountain in defence. By the way, yeah. he's got one of the, probably one of the longest clearances I've seen. He can kick that ball. He could kick outside the ground if he wanted to. <laughs> His headers and stuff are just unreal. Uh, I think he he can't be shy of seven, seven foot tall. He must be about six foot six, six foot seven. He's an absolute mountain. He's a great player as well. So he's on loan from St Johnston. So he's doing a fantastic job, and uh, I'm sure that he's a he's a player that's got a big future ahead of him. Definitely one to keep an eye on. Name, a name to keep an eye on there. Sounds like totally. Next up, we've got the East of Scotland League. Now there was. Plenty of goals across the divisions. If we start with the Premier Division first. Quite a few. Um, plenty of goals, as you mentioned. But the standout for me has to be Socky 2, Pennycook 3. been speaking a lot about Socky in recent weeks in terms of how they've bounced back after a slow start and started hitting form, climbing the table. But that's two defeats in a row for them now. And probably on Saturday, one that a lot of people... Certainly out with Pennycook, I dare say that the guys within the club would have been confident of going there and getting a result, but I suppose out with Pennycook, one that probably most folk could have had down as a home win. Uh, it looked like it was going to go that way, to be honest. Socky were 2-0 up. Uh, Ross Kavanagh with a couple of headed goals. Watched the highlights earlier. <clears throat> um, Socky have always got a, a big threat from, from set pieces. They're obviously more there's more to their, their game than set pieces, obviously. They're a good side out with that, but certainly set pieces is one of the, the big strengths that they've got. They've got a lot of height and uh, guys that are going to attack the ball from corners, etc. So it was from a couple of corners that uh, Big Ross Kavanagh's got his, his two goals. Um, so, as I said, Socky 2-0 up and looking like a, a home win there. But to be fair, uh, Pennycook have, have got a goal right on the stroke of time. Uh, ben Wardlaw's got one back a minute into stoppage time. Um, perfect time to get one back. The old cliche, 2-0 two, two is a, a dangerous scoreline. Um, all it takes is for a team to get one back and so the tables can turn. And to be fair, it looks like that's what's happened. So it was 2-1 at half time, uh, and it looked like into the second half there was a wee bit of inspirational sub from Lewis Colt. Uh, I don't know if it was enforced by Cammy Dawson uh, came off I think from looking at some of the footage I think he might have picked up a knock but anyway uh, Aaron Somerville came on uh, after just five minutes into the second half and it only took him about two minutes to get on the score sheet so he came on and he made it 2-2 after 52 minutes to drop Pennycook level uh, Socky were reduced to 10 men after about an hour it seemed like they kept plugging away seeing if they can get a winner point on the road against Socky would have been a good result but to be fair to them they've went and got an 87th minute winner uh, through Leo Buckle who was another second half substitute so a couple of inspired subs from the gaffer there um, to get a absolutely huge three points and Lewis Colt said in his interview after the game it's probably the biggest result in his managerial career going away to Socky and getting a win especially after being 2-0 down um, so absolutely fantastic win for Pennycook more really really good footage on their socials as well they had a dugout cam um, so the scenes when they got that winner were, were fantastic um, really good highlights as well from their, their video cam fantastic win and just worth calling it as well in Pennycook's last three games their last three games well league games anyway have been against Dunbar Haddington and Socky so three of the top sides in that league 
um, and they've picked up seven points out of a possible nine uh, from the three games. So a win against Dunbar, a draw against Haddington, and obviously that one against Sockey. So three really massive results for, for Pennycook, and they deserve a, a huge amount of credit. And their manager, Lewis Colt, deserves a, a huge amount of credit. He spoke about last week um, how much sort of heart and fight that his team's got, and I think they definitely showed that on, on Saturday there. So a big win that takes them up to eight from the table, sitting on 20 points. Um, only two points behind Haddington, uh, five points behind the likes of Sockey and Hutchie are in fifth. So, yeah, really good win for them. What about yourself in terms of the Premier, Craig? Any, any call-outs? Yeah, so there was obviously some expected results. In fact, a lot of them were, to be honest. Uh, you know, Dunbar United beating Crossgates uh, 2-1 and Broxburn just continue that amazing run of form, a 6-0 win against Canoe. Um, I think the standout for me was probably Glen Rothfuss beating Inverkeven Hillfield Swiss 4 yep. 1. Uh, both teams are, are neck and neck in the table, and uh, they, they've notably been struggling so far this season, um, especially Glen Rothfuss. They just they've looked a bit off the boil since they got promoted last season, which is strange because they were, you know, they were different class. Um, when they were in the, the first division but you know a 4-1 home win against uh, Swifts will, will definitely do their confidence the world the good um, so yeah it was quite an, an interesting one I think another one that's probably not one that stands out but one to, to probably call out just because of the impact it has on their league position Hutchie Vale beating Hill and Beef Hall for 3-1 puts them up to fifth in the table and I recall uh you know, we watched, uh, you know, uh, we watched Hutchie Vale uh, early in the season and uh, how good they are defensively and how how well-rounded they look as well. And, you know, they're fifth in the league and they're only two points behind Dunbar United. Uh, they they are very much, they, they are very much in the mix of it there. Um, there's only four points between them and Genefield Swifts, albeit Swifts have got a couple of games in hand. But, there's some season they're having at Hutchieville. Yeah, they're flying, doing really well. I was quite surprised, just going back to uh, Inverkeven, Hillfield Swifts, I noticed they sacked their manager, or they, yeah. parted, they parted ways with their manager, Jason Dare, on the Friday night. Quite a, unusual for it to be like the night before a game um, that they part, part way with a manager. Um, obviously, um, it, didn't have the, it didn't have a very good impact on their, their team on the, the Saturday um, but yeah, strange one. But it'd be interesting to see who they who they bring in. Um, certainly, going by like one or two of the comments on social media, I think some. I know I know they've not been doing particularly great, but um, I think there seems to be a wee bit of surprise in terms of a yeah, massive win for Glen Rothfuss that obviously keeps them um, sort of in touch with the likes of Swifts and Crossgates to try and get out of the the bottom three. Yeah, I think the job at Inverkeven Hillfield Swifts will definitely be one which will interest a lot of managers. They have a really good young squad. It's predominantly young players they have. Um, a lot of experience there. Uh, they've got, I mean, they brought in some good players recently as well. Luke Mahadi, he's just yep. joined recently. Right. The, they've got a really good squad there. They probably just need the leadership to go with it. Um, and it wouldn't take much for them to start picking up points and, climb the table. Certainly, I mean, this season, it might be that they just want to stay up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This season, I don't yeah. think they're going to 
really make a dent in the the top half of the table. Uh, it's just the gap. The gap's getting too wide now. But you know, as I say, with that squad that they have, it it wouldn't take a new manager a lot of changes to get things working there. They've got good uh, a good setup, good facilities, and they've got a good uh, you know pathway through the twenties as well. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who, who, who goes for that and who inevitably takes that job. But there's, I think there'll be a, a definitely keen interest, certainly within within Fife for sure, because they are they are a really good side. I think that's a really good point. I think they've got the foundations to to be successful, and you'll probably touch on a, a, another Fife team that perhaps when they're doing the greatest and they've made a really good appointment and their upturn in form has been significant. So if Inverkeven, Ophiel Swifts can sort of do a similar thing and get, get the right guy in who'll turn their fortunes around, then I think they could they could see themselves climbing the table. Eh? Definitely. So that that moves us on nicely to the first division and I'm just gonna rattle that one see what, out just now. See, see, see what I've done there, like that wee link there. That was getting, super get, get, getting getting decent at this now. That's a nice <laughs> one too. <laughs> so yeah, if we move on to the first division, so as everyone knows, Whitburn are top of the league. They are flying, right? And they played away to my local club, Recife, uh, a game which I was planning to go to. I had a, a slight change of mind. I kind of half regret not going. But it seems to be the case that when I don't go to see Recife in the league, they pull off these, like, incredible upsets, right? So, I mean, they thumped uh, St Andrews 4-0, when I was supposed to go and I changed my mind. And then they've beaten Whitburn 5-3, which is just incredible. We talk about, you know, someone can come in and things change very quickly, right? Stevie Crawford's done wonders there. He's came in. And again, they always had a good squad. They they got good young players as well. But, you know, they weren't doing too great in the league and they were in the back of a few bad defeats. But... Stevie Crawford, having someone like that around the dressing room just makes everyone lift their game, doesn't it? Aye, no, absolutely. It's probably, considering like the career he's had and stuff he's played for, and obviously Scotland International, he's probably a guy that the players respect in the dressing room. Yeah, he's, he's done an incredible job. So they're up to seventh in the league now. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're tied on points with Kirkcaldy and Dysart, but... If they can, you know, they can obviously beat those big teams as long as they can get a bit of run and form going and consistently take points against the teams below them in the table. Then there's not, there's no reason why Recife can't be, you know, knocking on the door of the top five. Like as I say, it's just it can't be a coincidence that a team can beat the top dogs in the league, uh, you know, and score so many goals. It's just as I think. It's it's inconsistency at times where they're they're dropping points in games they should be winning and then winning games they shouldn't be winning if you know what I mean so yeah it's that kind of double edged sword. Um, it's all it's all good beating the the big teams that are sort of at the top end of the table but there's no point beating the teams if you're then not going to take get results against the teams below you or around about you. Definitely. Um. So that was I guess the one that stood out to me. Which which games? Stood out to you, Ryan. There's a few. Aye, um, one that stood out, and Preston fans will no thank me for bringing it up. But um, Preston nil came on seven. We know how good a team came on are. 
Uh, obviously, they're one of the teams up there challenging. Uh, level one points for Whitburn, 27 points. Saw them recently against Darniston. And to be fair, Arniston gave them a good game, but Camelon's quality uh, sort of shone through in the end. And you could see how good a team they are. Like They've, especially in the sort of attacking areas of the, the pitch, they've got some real talented players. Um, one of the players I noticed that got a sort of call out, he didn't score, but I've I've not watched the highlights yet, but according to their social media, he was heavily involved and in, in influencing the, the game. But young Reese Walker, who's on loan for Falkirk, um, I mentioned the Arniston game there. He came off the bench in that game and he was probably the catalyst for them winning that game. They won the playing as well as they did in the first half and then they brought the boy Reese Walker on and he just sort of sprung them into life and he was fantastic. And um, sounds like he's had another absolute superb game. So you were mentioning the boy um, alone at Strollers from St Johnston. I think Reese Walker, uh, who's at Camelon at the moment, could be another one to watch. Certainly seems like he's uh, he's putting in performances consistently. But I 7-0 win there. Obviously, we know Camelon are capable of turning teams over, but uh, Preston will be really gutted. Uh, but that 7-0 defeat is a heavy defeat, especially at home. Uh, I know good guys are, as you know, you've sponsored games there. They obviously they put put a lot of work into try and promote the game. Obviously, they, they do their ticket for a tenner and you get like a pint and a pie and that as well to try and get good crowds along. So it's just a, a shame for the punters that's went along there that they've been on the receiving end a bit of, of doing. But um, as we said, Camelon are a top side and they're capable of doing that to most teams in the league. So that one obviously just stood out in terms of the actual scoreline itself. Uh, other than that, obviously, already spoke about the Arniston game. And a decent point for Oakley as well against Whitehill. Um, but other than that, pretty much sorry, as you would expect. Um, actually, I tell a lie. One that we one that missed there was uh, Kirkcaldy and Isaac, um against Dunipace. A 4-1 win for Kirkcaldy and Dysart. Both sort of sitting... Well, that win takes Kirkcaldy and Dysart up to six, just behind... Well, six points behind Dunny Pace, but Dunny Pace were one that we mentioned a week or two ago that I felt had kind of flown under the radar a wee bit. Uh, they're still obviously only two points off the top of the league, so they're still going really well. That was only their third defeat of the season, but uh, quite a, a heavy defeat for them there. So a good win for Kirkcaldy and Dice, certainly. Yeah, definitely some good results there. Moving on briefly to the second and third division. Start with the second division. Uh, again, lots of goals. Um, I it's probably not a standout in terms of results, but I watched uh, Norrie Works video for East Houses Lily against Ormiston Primrose, and that game looked fantastic. <laughs> like the football, some of the saves that Norrie oh. caught on his camera, wow, tremendous! Yeah, so that, yeah. that was a two all draw. Uh, that one, I, I've not been to visit either East Houses Lily or Ormiston Primrose, uh, I will definitely try and make it along to visit those clubs at some point, potentially one of them next month. Um, two, we've already two. talked about Bonus Athletic doing what Bonus Athletic do. Um, big win for People's Rovers, 4-1 against Newborough. Um, and Edinburgh Derby, not as we know it though, so Edinburgh United versus Edinburgh College, free all draw. Um, you know, there's again lots of value there for anyone that went to those games. Any results that stand out to you? Pretty much just as you you've mentioned, to be honest. And yeah, that Norrie's video of the Ormiston game 
if anybody's not watched that, go and check out. That seemed like an absolutely crazy game of football. You said it was obviously two two. It was two two going on about ten all. Like yeah, the amount, yeah. the amount of chances for both teams. It just seemed like seemed like a like a boxing match. It was just like both teams going at it, throwing punches like back and forward. And as you said, both goalkeepers pulled off some brilliant saves. Seemed like I, I wasn't actually aware of this until I watched the vlog, but um, obviously seems like there's a wee bit of needle between the two teams. Yeah. Um, I mean they're not a million miles away, but like they're not exactly local to each other. Um. I both sort of sets of uh, committee members were talking about how it's a wee bit of a derby, and you could kind of see that in his vlog as well with some of the footage, like some of the the tackles flying in. It. Obviously, I mentioned that was one of the games potentially that I might have went along to. East House's Lily is only, again, like I've mentioned before, I'm quite fortunate in the location I'm in. There's like there's about five or six grounds when about like ten minutes, if that, of me and East House's is one of them. Yeah. Um, you probably seen as well on on Norris vlog, like the view you get of Edinburgh when you stand on the wee grass embankments, incredible. Like you can see our first seat, the Pentlands, and so I, I definitely recommend going there. Um, but I that that game looked like an absolute cracker. Um, but yeah, other than that, just kind of the ones that you you mentioned that Edinburgh United Edinburgh College game seemed like a, a really good value for money game there, and as we always say. No nil nils and just plenty of goals as well. So plenty of value for money across every game. Yep, definitely. Uh, and then moving on to the third division again, lots of goals. Uh, Hart Hill Royal winning four one against Hoyke Royal Albert uh, keeps them in second, and they're only three points off the top, so still pretty tight there. Uh, Stonyburn beating Livingston United four nil. You know, Stonyburn looked like a team that, that are capable of putting teams away. Uh, yep. You know, they, they had a, a fairly rocky start to the season, but they seem to be picking up the wins on the road as well. So that's a, a great win for them. Uh, any games for you that stand out? Uh, the one that stood out for me was West Calder beating Lock Gelly Albert 2 1. Uh, Lock Gelly Albert were obviously our team of the week last week. Uh, I mentioned that they had uh, secured their second consecutive win. Last week, which obviously led them to winning team of the week. Difficult trip uh, for them going to Herman Park, uh, playing West Calder on Saturday. But I uh, had to read their match report, and it sounds like they were extremely hard done by there. Um, and really unlucky not to get something out of that game. Um, it was 0 0 just approaching half time, and going by the Watt Gelly Albert match report, there was a really harsh sending off right on the stroke of half time. Um, and unfortunately, from the resulting free kick, West Calder have went one 0 up and went into half time one 0 up. So a double blow for for Lockgelly there in terms of getting a man sent off and losing a goal right on the stroke of half time. Um, West Calder went two 0 up in the second half, uh, but again, according to the match report, reading the match report, Lockgelly didn't chuck the towel and they got a goal back on the seventieth minute. So we're still twenty minutes to go. Good opportunity for them to maybe, if they're in the ascendancy, to, to nick something. Um, again, the match report says that they potentially should have had a late penalty, but they also can see that West Calder maybe should have had a late penalty as well, both not given. Um, and then it sounds like the West Calder goalies had to make a bit of a, a worldy save um, with one of the last sort of kicks of the game to to keep the, the points in, in West Lovian. So <clears throat> unlucky for Lockgelly Albert. Um, as I said, tough place to go. 
but certainly seems like they've turned a wee bit of a corner. Um, they can probably be quite happy with their, their efforts against West Calder, who are obviously going quite well in third place. So um, unlucky to the, the guys at Loch Gale there. But yeah, certainly seems like they've maybe turned a wee corner and hopefully they can put a few results together. Yeah, exactly. No shame in that at all. Uh, they seem to be on the right track now. Okay, now up next, uh, we are going to have a look ahead. Now, this is going to be a small uh, cup special we're going to do, and we're going to look at the Challenge Cup. Um, Ryan, there are some fantastic uh, ties lined up. Um, which which games catch your eye? Aye, there's some absolute belters in the fourth round of the South Challenge Cup. Um, two that I'd mentioned earlier on X. Arguably the, the standouts, Pollock at home to Lifco Rose at Broxburn at home to Lake Talbot. Two really massive games there. Um, they're obviously two sort of East versus West or West versus East ties. Um, yeah, I think they, they, two, they two are massive. If, if I wasn't going to a game already, I probably would be a toss-up between one of, one of them. Probably potentially maybe the Broxburn Talbot game. Um, obviously, Talbot's sort of troubles this season have been well documented. They've not really hit the heights this season they have in previous seasons, but um, they obviously they got a decent win against Cumnick in the league at the weekend there. They also beat Cumnick in, in one of the domestic cups recently as well. Beat Arnest in, in, in the South Challenge Cup as well to set up this tie against Broxburn. So, um, despite their sort of form in, in the in the league they're they're mixed form. They're a team that when you're coming up against them in the cup competition it's going to be a very, very difficult team to, to overcome. But if anybody can do it looking at the teams in the draw, I think you would have to say that Broxburn uh, would have a, a fantastic chance uh, getting getting through that tie with the, the form that they're on. So that's probably the standout for me about yourself. Yeah, so obviously the one game that stands out to me is probably the one that I'm lucky to be going to, which is uh, Trin versus Fortin and Hibs. Um, Fortin and Hibs done a demolition job on St. Rocks. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting them to score as many goals as that and, and dispatch or, or basically put away a, a, a team like St. Rocks as easy as they did in that second half. Um, I think the, the tie away to Trin is an interesting one. I think it's a game which I think again. I think Fortin Hibs are more than capable of getting a result there. Uh, I don't know if it's a difficult place to go to. I don't. I don't know any of that. I've got fairly limited knowledge of the west of Scotland, but I was watching uh, a view from the terrace uh, last Friday, and they had a really good segment uh, on Fortin Hibs that was recorded from the Saint Rocks game, and there was a bit uh, where. Uh, Craig Gilbert, who's the manager who's managed them for 16 consecutive seasons, which is just incredible. I, mean, I, I always used to think like Dick Campbell uh, could hold down a job more than anyone <laughs> else. Uh, clearly, I was wrong. Uh, that that's some achievement. He's seen things change there, and uh, it's you know 16 seasons. That's you know that's incredible. It's just, un- just unheard of these days. Eh? <laughs> totally, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. He, um, in that video, uh, you know, Craig Gilbert's a really good kind of uh, segment where he gets quite passionate and he said, you know, that the West of Scotland teams have a superiority complex. complex when they come to the East. 
I don't think that was necessarily the case for St. Rocks. I thought they were pretty respectful. But I, I get the sentiment, right? But, you know, sometimes teams from the West expect to beat teams from the East, fair enough. Um, I think Trin will be very, very wary of what Fortin and Hibs can do, knowing what they've done to St. Rocks. Uh, and I think this, the South Challenge Cup is actually turned out to be one of my favourite competitions this season. I think it's I, totally. These we're getting all these, uh, you know, East versus West, you know, dream ties. Uh, there's still a lot of big teams that are in it, and if well, if I, either of those teams, right, one of them's obviously going to go through. They, they've got a chance of, you know, facing, uh, you know, a, a pretty big club like in the mix of it. So. You know, uh, everyone talks about the Scottish Cup. I think the South Challenge Cup's pulling out some, you know, fantastic ties there. So, That's been yeah. this season. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, apart from that, another one that stands out to me, and this one, I would say, has the potential for an upset. Uh, Dunbar United against Cumbernauld Colts. I think that's, that's a really good one. I think you've got two teams that are... Uh, you know, one tier apart. They're both, you know, top end of their table. Uh, and two teams that, you know, have been playing decent football. Uh, I think that's, that's uh, it's going to be a, another good test for Dunbar United. And I'd potentially have them down as uh, favourites, not just because they beat uh, East Fife, but I just think these kind of cup games at home, Dunbar United really do... Uh, you know, they really do step it up a gear, don't they? Um, so, yeah, that one should be um, a cracker as well. This week's special segment is going to be on something we haven't talked about too much um, since we started the podcast, but we have mentioned a few times, and that is around our favourite non-league football shirts. Now, uh, I've, I've said to a lot of people that I feel that away from the kind of big team templates that you get from the big manufacturers. If you go down to the non-league, that's where you'll get those kind of bespoke designs and just better better quality football shirts, to be honest, instead of spending like 70 quid on uh, a template that's just a different colour of another team in the same league. Do you know what I mean? So um, for me, I'm, I'm going to do a big shout out to Appen Sports. Now, they are... As far as I'm concerned, they're the the absolute best non-league football shirt uh, manufacturer out there, and also I think they're one of the only uh, like football shirt manufacturers that give the clubs so much creative control over the designs. So um, they will basically take on board what the clubs actually want, and then they will design a shirt based on what that club wants. So. I'm going to go through some of my favourites uh, briefly from App and Sports. Um, obviously, you won't be able to see it, but I'll, what I'll do is I will put up a photo of the shirt, which we'll put up online um, once this goes live, if that makes it easier for people. So App and Sports, uh, I've done some absolute crackers. Now, the first one is one which we've talked about before, uh, Loch Ness FC. Um, probably my, my chosen team from up north, you know, based on like you know the Loch Ness monster and Essie and the fact that uh, their football shirts are just incredible. So, just to kind of paint a picture, uh, they, they try and incorporate the 
Loch Ness monster in their badge. So Nessie is on the badge, um, and the shirt has like a gold trim around the neck, uh, and also on the sleeves. Um, I said before, I just think that the um the Loch Ness shirts are just like you know different class. I think they're they. I think I'm not sure if Nikki said in a previous episode that Loch Ness sometimes I think they sell more football shirts uh, overseas than Ross County do. So that, you know, tells its own story. They sell, uh, I remember, I think it was about 20,000 on average a season. I think correct, they can correct me if I'm wrong, but different class. Um, a recent one I picked up, as I probably mentioned earlier in the, the podcast, was Ormiston Primrose. I absolutely love this shirt. This is probably, for me, possibly like contender for shirt of the year like it's just uh i'd say just just different class isn't it um i love like bright colors on a shirt and i like the amount of detail and stuff one thing that appen always do as well is they normally put the the league badges on the shirts as well which i like because a lot of shirts you buy they don't have that um so yeah, um, Ormiston uh, Primrose have got a cracker of a shirt, home and away from them. Another one, and this is probably more for our, our friends in the West, but I bought this shirt off a non-league football shop when it first came out, and that is uh, Glasgow United from last season. Now, this has actually got a map of Glasgow on the shirt, which is just insane. Um, and then on the back, it has... Um, it's it's got a lot of names on there. I don't know. I don't know the 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 kind of relevance. So maybe it might be sponsors. I don't know. But the fact they've got like an entire map of Glasgow on the front of the shirt is just different class. Um, the one that probably has gone viral the most is uh um New Craig Hall Leaf Victoria. Right. So they, I think they've been on like uh, I mean it was all over the. The media and stuff. So they had like the the tenant shirt, which then got changed to Stuart Brewing because for some daft reason tenants didn't want have any, anything to do with it. I, I don't understand that. So the first print, which is really really rare, had tenants on it, um, and then it got changed to Stuart Brewing, and then they've done uh kind of Strongbow Dark Fruits, but it's it's you know it is, but it doesn't say Strongbow Dark Fruits on it, um. Again, just different class. So, Appen are a manufacturer who I reckon will you will see a lot more of, um, especially in the east of Scotland and the west of Scotland leagues, and probably up north as well. Because I just think they um they just they bring out amazing shirts. And that one that I mentioned around Ormiston Primrose that was only twenty pounds. So we're talking about like for me to buy a Hibs top, I think it's about you know probably close to 70 pound um and some clubs they do like um replica and authentic you know replicas about 70 pound of you know authentic's 120 and you get a top like that for almost in primrose for 20 pound it's just amazing so uh up in sports um are definitely one that people should check out and they've got a lot more they've got um They've done uh, Lock Gelly Albert strips as well. I pre-ordered that one. And again, it was like 1999, 99, yeah, 1999 to pre-order it. Just amazing value. And these clubs are going to they're gonna be selling a lot more shirts than they used to as well. You know what I mean? So, 
yeah, some crackers. And um, what what were your favourites, Ryan? Don't know if I can top that to be honest, but one that I stumbled across. I don't have the top or any other tops, but one that I stumbled across accidentally. Um, it was actually I mentioned recently that I went and followed all the Highland League teams just to try and increase my knowledge in the Highland League, and it was when I was on Nairn County's uh, social media. I just happened to notice one of their kits and I really, really liked it. And to be honest, sort of all three Nairn County's kits, I really, really like. First of all, the home one stood out to me because, I don't know about you, but I love a kit that's got a wee collar with buttons. I, I don't know, it's old just... School. It, it, yeah. feels, aye, it feels really old school. And this one, so the home kit, so it's yellow. Or I say it's yellow, it's more kind of like... It's not like a bright yellow, it's more like so in between sort of yellow and gold. Um, similar, similar sort of colours to like Dumbarton, for example. Um, but it's got that like old school sort of collar and then a couple of buttons, and it's got like like a red, a red, a black sort of stripe down the down the side of the top. Um, and it's got like the sort of sleeves. I've got like the sort of black like cuffed sleeves. Uh, even just like. Like the sponsor, I don't know. It's, so the sponsor's like Murray Travel. I don't know. It's probably like a local travel agent. But even just like the sort of sponsor, just sort of fits nicely onto the the top, and it look it looks really smart. There's some sort of like you mentioned, like the Glasgow United one. It's got like the map of Glasgow on it. This one's yeah. got. I don't know what it is. It seems it looks like some sort of monument. Um, probably relevant to Nairn itself, but it's got some sort of like monument, um, like printed on the side of the shirt. Um, it's not like doesn't stand out like immediately. It's kind of subtle, but um, it's quite smart. And then their away shirt, totally different style uh, for their away shirt, and I quite like that as well. Like if your away shirt's like a totally different style, so it's not got the collar. It's just like a standard V-neck, but it's a nice red color. But again, it seems to have like uh, like the badge, like the neon badge, sort of like um, printed on like the sort of stomach area of the shirt but again it's quite subtle so it's like uh, just gives it a wee bit extra uh, but the one that really stood out the one that I first saw was their third kit um, and I really like this for a couple of reasons and I'm sure I've showed you this before but I'll send it on to you again and you said you like a, a, a kit that's like stands out and it's really colourful well this this certainly stands out like you wouldn't go missing with this on it's like I think it's got every colour on well I was going to say, I think it's got every colour on the rainbow under it. But to be honest, the sponsor that's on it, so it's it's a third kit that they designed to promote a local charity. And the charity's got a rainbow on the um, on the logo. So I think, obviously, the idea of the kit is to then incorporate all the colours of the rainbow. But it's like, so it's got like your green, yellow, orange, red, purple, blue. I'm, I'm going to, I'll, I'll have to just like put a picture on the socials because it's hard to describe. It's like a local charity in Nairn County that that, top was designed for um, and they've said like on their website it says £10 from every sale of an adult shirt and £5 from every sale of a kid's shirt goes to this charity uh, Team Hamish is. I've not properly read up on the charity so I don't know exactly what it's um, what it's about but check that one out I see you've just sent me it there that, that is uh, that is one of the most stunning football shirts I've seen it's, it's a belter wow. um, so not only is it like a really class looking kit but it's also got a nice sort of meaning to it as well so um yeah but I, that the neon county one when when we discussed doing this sort of idea in terms of non-league kits that's that was the first one that popped into my head um to be honest like 
and you'll be the same, like seen so many non-league teams, but I was trying to think of like kits off the top of my head and I couldn't really think of any that proper stand out. So I think from this day forward when I go to games I'll be I'll make a point at looking at the team's kits. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That so Hope and Glory, right? They haven't they haven't really done that many kits. So is it the the Nairn County one? Now they did do the Leaf Athletic one. Uh, which, was that which them I that got... done that? Cause yeah, because that, that, yeah. that was that was another one that I was going to actually mention uh, that you that you have. That's a, a belter as well. But uh, that hope and glory, they like just looking at the range of sort of kits that they produce. Like again, really, really nice styles. And again, similar to what you were saying, they're cheap as well. Like you're talking like twenty five thirty quid for a uh, for a kit. So really good value. Yeah, I've I've started like see kits like that. I. I Honestly, they catch your eye, and uh, yeah, I, I, again, it's a bespoke design. Do you know what I mean? It stands out. I think, like for me, I think the Leaf Athletic kit that Hope and Glory done was absolutely stunning. Eh? It was like a work of art. Um, yep. I, I know that I don't know. They said that they, you know, Leaf Athletic might play a game in that kit at some point in the season, just one game, but I don't know because it's not. It's not like they're kind of like licensed kit, if you know what I mean. It's it's a, a kind of bespoke kind of spin off that they've done, um, but it's it's brilliant. Like they should totally play a game in that. Um, but I think a lot of people are saying it was a bit um, too much going on. It's like, I love kits like that. I love. It's, I love, it's, it's quite yeah. a loud kit, isn't it? Totally, yeah. Like that's that is literally the definition of a loud kit. You want something that's like. It makes your your eyes kind of look twice and stuff. That's great. That's what it's all about. It's like I think sure it's great to have a kind of simple design and you know, uh, but that that's the whole point. If you if you're gonna get a bespoke kit done, just go absolutely crazy with. Just get someone to come up with design that we never you never expect, and that's kind of what Hope and Glory done with yeah. with Athletics kit. And I think for that reason, it it really stands out. I, I'd like it if they done more kits for uh you know the teams in the east especially i think may, maybe they treat the they've done it they've done it once for leaf athletic other clubs might reach out to them and want something done if they want like a centenary shirt or something like that i'd say like hope and glory or appen or the the kind of two to go to do you know what i mean so yeah some absolute crackers there so yeah that is uh our kind of small uh, special segment on the football shirts will no doubt have some kind of follow-up in, in the future because there are so many and every season you know there's new shirts you could probably have a, a leaderboard just based on football shirts and rating football shirts there's there's people that have pages and uh, you know uh, YouTube videos just on like non-league football shirts because there's a massive market for it now so yeah, um, definitely check out those shirts, uh, folks, if you've not seen them. And also let us know what your favourite shirts are because I'm curious. I'm all, always on the eye out, so let us know what your favourite non-league football shirts are. So next thing is not normally our kind of pie of the week. Now, like I, I don't think I had any pies this week at the games. I think I was I was kind of rushing in and out, to be honest. Uh, what about yourself, Ryan? No, I didn't have any myself either. As I said, I was just at Meadow Bank and they didn't have any catering. So, um, I mentioned I mentioned last week when I was at uh, Whitehill that I had a Twix. Well, when I was at Meadow Bank, 
had another Twix at the vending machine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I Saturday had another Twix. Again, it was a decent Twix as well. So. Yeah, can't beat it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pies, but um, I'll definitely, I'll definitely be having pies this weekend. Um, so I'll be back on the pie review for the next pod. Yeah, has to be done. Um, if we move on to the team of the week, so we're both going to be greedy and pick two teams each. Um, Ryan, if you want to go first, what are your two selections this week? Uh, so the first one I'm going to pick and it's a team that I mentioned already, uh, Pennycook. I think they more than deserve a team of the week nomination um, for all the reasons that I mentioned earlier. A massive result against the weighted hockey coming back from 2-0 down. So uh, really, really top result for Pennycook and they deserve to be in the, the frame for team of the week, I think. So they're my first one. Second one, I'm going to I'm not going to say a team that folk would probably think because I'm banking on you picking them. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to go a wee bit. I'm going to go a wee bit different. Um, and I was having a look at some of the results in the West, and one of the results that stood out was I was trying to maybe think of a team that we've not really mentioned before, and uh, and go a wee bit left field. And this one was Girvan for Bells Hill Athletic Free. Um, so I noticed that Bells Hill are currently sitting top of the division, I think it was the third division. Um, but yeah, they were sitting top, or still are sitting top, uh, and they were unbeaten. Girvan were sitting in 14th prior to that game in the same division, uh, and they beat them 4-3 uh, to inflict Bells Hill Athletics' first defeat on them. So that result takes Girvan up a couple of places to 11th. But yeah, 4-3 went at home to the top, unbeaten top of the, the league side. So when I was Scanning through the sort of results in the West, that one uh, was a standout. So, Gervin and Pennycook for me. Good choices. Now, for me, um, people will probably say, why are you picking the team that, I guess, I guess you know, I do support them in the, the non-league, but I just can't because they've been doing absolutely amazing and they deserve a call-out. So, my first pick's going to be civil service strollers, right? So, played two games last week, two wins, Two clean sheets for Zalewski, and uh, he's he's had three starts for the Strollers. He's conceded one goal. Uh, they've you know they've played three decent teams. You know going from Gala, University of Stirling, and then Berwick Rangers. So um, you know that that's a, that's an instant pick for me. Um, sixth in the league. You know Gary Jardin's working his magic there. That's absolutely fantastic. Next one for me. Um, and again, I'm, I'm probably going a bit too local, but, you know, I can't not pick a team for a result like that. It's just, you know, amazing. So I'm going to pick um, Recife FC, um, beating the league lead- leaders 5-3 um, is just incredible. And again, you know, I am kicking myself for not going to that game. Um, at least I can do is pick them because that is... Uh, a fantastic uh, upset at home. And I think for any team to put five past Whitburn is just, you know, nearly unheard of. So, um, yeah, my two picks, Civil Service Strollers and Recife FC. Um, If we move on to the games this week, um, what what games have you got lined up, Ryan, or which games do you fancy? Um, I saw... When I was having a wee sort of look at the fixtures to plan my trips, I was a bit disappointed of the lack of midweek games. I think there's there's midweek games in the West, to be honest, but 
getting through to the West for a game midweek is pretty difficult for myself and um, it would be tough to be a Wednesday of training on Tuesday but so nothing midweek as it stands unless there's any sort of late friendlies arranged but um, it was going to be a weekend without any non-league football but then I realised that uh, so there's King Cup action on Saturday and the good thing with that is when we get to this time of year the sort of teams that don't have floodlights their kickoffs are a lot earlier than they usually are so Arniston are playing Dalkeith um, at New Byers Park in the King Cup uh, on Saturday and it kicks off at one thirty. so obviously due to the fact that Arneson's again just two minutes up the road and with how close it is to Bonnerig, um I've worked out that I can depends how the game goes to be honest so I can either watch the majority of the Arneston game and then leave at like quarter to ten to three so like miss the last sort of 20 25 minutes and then make a quick dash down the road in the car to New Dundas Park or again as I said depends how the game's going so if it's like a tight game and it's like really entertaining then I'll probably just stay and watch that entire game and then just miss the first 20 odd minutes of the Rose game so uh, so I'm going to go along to, going to go along to that hopefully we have some decent weather at the weekend because obviously um, the Leaf game at the weekend aside honest enough I've had a couple of recent call-offs so um, but I'm sure the pitch is in decent nick and hopefully the weather is kind to them uh, so looking forward to that again it's another I'll get slaughtered because it's another honest game I'm going to um, I've not seen Dalkey Fissel this season either, so it's a good chance to to see them. And plus, it's all, it's really the only one I can go to because if I'm going to go to the Bonnera game as well, then it's the only one that sort of allows me the time to to see both. So, um, so quite fortunate there. And I mentioned I'm going to get back on the pie chart, so I'm looking forward to at least one, probably maybe well, I'll say at least two Donner kebab pies on Saturday. So, I uh, looking forward to that. That'll be a good one. Good effort. Um, for me, uh, I, I've just got the one game, uh, like non-league game next week. Again, the kind of midweek games have sadly kind of dried up a bit. I, you know, I, I got a couple last week, so uh, I can't complain. So, uh, I'll I'll be going to South Challenge Cup game between Troon and Fort and Hibs. Uh, as I said earlier in the podcast, it's a game which I'm really looking forward to. Never been to Troon before. Don't know what to expect. Um, they they might have like amazing pies. I don't know, but I, I've it's a place that I've heard really nice. Um, it is miles away. That's the other thing. I think <laughs> Trin is out near like Ayrshire. It's it's like it's proper it, West Coast, isn't it? Oh, I, this is well. Like Paul Paul jokes that I, I never stray from the east, and he's he's generally <laughs> right. I, I you know unless it's you know, I can get there on train. I'm not going to risk it on buses or multiple trains and buses. And Trin's one which I probably would not be able to get to without a car. And I got offered a lift off um, a very kind guy on my page. So I will, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm really looking forward to it. It's probably the only time I'll get a chance to go and visit Trin. So uh, well outside my comfort zone, looking forward to it. And then see if, if, if Hibs can get a win on the road there, but it should be a cracking game regardless. I think that'll be my first, well, it will be my first official West of Scotland Football League ground as well. So that's some kind of tick in the box, isn't it? So Super. you never know. I might love it. I might go to more West games. You know what I mean? Nice. That could be the, 
the 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 uh, <laughs> the change. So we'll see. So that's it for me uh, for the games now. Just a, a kind of short announcement: uh, Civil Service Strollers signed Callum Lamb on loan from Dundee FC. Uh, you know, at the weekend as well. So I think he uh, was on the yeah he was on the bench against Berwick Rangers. So that another. Um, you know, signing from you know a decent from a league team, uh, you know, to to play off the bench. So again, attracting a lot of young talent, which is great to see. Uh, and also, I think you saw uh, Jao Baldi's goal for uh, East Kilbride, which is an absolute raker as well. So I I actually still can't believe he's been loaned out to East Kilbride. No disrespect, to East Kilbride. I heard he was doing. Amazing at uh, our broth, so I'm a bit shocked that they loaned him out to anyone. If I'm honest, oh, but yep. he's got it, you know. He's he's a player that just I always just think he's one that got away from a Bonnerig perspective. He was on loan at us during the COVID season uh, when we were in the Lowland League. The one that this sort of second COVID season, if you like, the one that got shut down after about ten games. So didn't really get to see much of him. Um, and then obviously after that he went to Civil and then saw him play against Rose for Strollers and he was brilliant and to be honest he was one of those players like the moment that I kind of first saw him play I thought he'll go and play at a really good level he's a top player and then obviously he played for East Fife and Bonner came up against him when he played for East Fife and tore us apart on a few occasions he was always a standout and then obviously when he's moved to Hibs and I, I genuinely thought like I know it's a massive step up going to Hibs, but I genuinely thought he would have a decent chance uh, doing pretty well at Hibs. Maybe yeah. not being a starter every week, but genuinely thought that um, maybe not necessarily like breaking at the first team right away. But I thought they might they might put him out on loan just for his development and then bring him back and see how he gets on. So I was quite surprised when Hibs kind of like got rid of him so quickly. And obviously, as you said, he went to Arbroath and he's been doing well, but. What a signing for East Kilbride, even if it's just short term. If they can get him permanently, then that what a signing he would be. He's an incredible player. Um, another signing just to touch on as well. On Lifco Rose signed uh, Paul Simpson from Genefield. Yeah, um, he's a really good player. Admittedly, I've I've I'd not really seen him for Genefield, but I'd seen him before uh, signed for Genefield when he was at Trinent. I'd seen him a couple of times at Trinent and was really impressed with him. Um, and by all accounts, he's been. Brilliant for Gene Field. Uh, so a big loss for them, but a, another really good signing for Little Lifko Rose as well. Yeah, so I'd say a lot of a lot of talent in, in, in that league, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, people definitely get their their money's worth watching those teams. Uh, yeah, so that wraps us up for this week. Uh, enjoy your football, guys. Hopefully the uh the weather behaves itself and uh the train network is working like you know as as well as it should so yeah have a good one and we'll catch you all next week cheers guys cheers, enjoy Trent. <laughs>